You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, truth. the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. And hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the OSP, the Optimal State Podcast. My name is Jay Rad. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with the one, the only. He is here. He is Adam. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How are you? Pretty good, dude. I'm pretty good. Uh, enjoying the beautiful weather. Very glad that spring is here. And uh, yeah, man. How about yourself? How are you doing? Oh, as well. Same. Enjoying the weather and... Uh... Yeah, just working, living, pretty much yeah, it. We're, that's great, man. Are we enjoying the, the, the circus that is happening in politics, as always? I mean, what is, what's happening now? I think we have something going on with uh, Trump found not guilty, but still guilty enough that we could, throw, we could pick up enough mud and sling it at the other side. Always seems like they, they have something for uh, the bread and circus, right? Yeah, and tons of clowns. Tons of clowns, man. And uh, tell me, there there was something we we were talking about earlier about uh, I think the DNC and um, the the specific charade that they may put on. I mean, was there something that you wanted to kind of touch on? Um, because of the elections coming up, I thought it'd be a good subject to bring up that uh, back after the 2016 election, Bernie. Bernie Sanders supporters brought a lawsuit against the um, DNC and stating that basically Hillary Clinton was favored and they basically pushed it to the top and she became the nominee. And uh, the lawyers representing the DNC basically said, you know, uh, you, know you know, there's no guarantee of fairness uh, in that process. So, you know, and... Uh, it says, uh, you know, the article that I, I sent you earlier, it says the DNC attorneys even go as far as to argue that the words impartial and even-handed used in the DNC charter can't be interpreted by a court of law. <clears throat> Beck retorted, which is one of the attorneys, I'm shocked to hear that we can't define what it means to be even, un- even-handed and impartial. If that were the case, we couldn't have courts. I mean, that's what courts do every day, is decide disputes in an even-handed and impartial manner. So... Basically, they use words that, you know, they, they're not liable for. So they have no reason to be able to, no reason to hold any type of uh, serious election without pushing somebody to the front of the line. And, uh, you know, we saw it with Hillary Clinton and uh, Bernie Sanders definitely got screwed. And uh, I, I think the RNC is just as guilty um, of it as well. Uh, you know, and that's just how they do it. You know, I mean, they... If they don't want you, they don't want to push you, they're not going to give you the airtime, they're not going to give you the endorsements, they're not going to give you, you know, and that's just how it works. And it's the illusion of choice. And I think that's what it's. Uh, this really shows you. It's just uh, that it's uh, pretty much probably, uh, you know, it's picked before we even start voting or uh, even maybe sometimes even knowing who's going to run. And, uh, you know, I mean, this lawsuit, I mean, the lawyers aren't even saying oh, that's not true, we wouldn't do that. It's just like, yeah, well, we, you know, you can't do anything about it, so. And uh, the lawsuit was dropped. Uh, the the court refused to hear it. Uh, they didn't even say why. But, uh, you know, they. I guess uh, that's the political process that we all are dealing with now, you know? Did you hear about what's going on in, in D.C.? I guess there's this secret election summit According to Laura Loomer, she's a reporter on on site in D.C., but she's uh, at this um, so-called secret election summit. She's being funded by Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, it's this organization called the CEIR. And I guess the idea is that they're getting together election officials from uh, Arizona, Georgia, and asking them... Um, well, they're they're just gathering them, and I, I'm I'm imagining they're trying to work on some sort of strategy going forward. Because we, for anybody who doesn't 
isn't aware, Zuckerberg was the biggest, well, one of the biggest donors, along with uh, um, Sam Bankman-Fried of of uh, Silicon Valley Bank fame, um, or excuse me, FCX, right? And uh, yeah, so we have Zuckerberg um, actively involved in moving the needle, the political needle, so to speak, and using the DNC as the the muscle, the political muscle for his ultimate, what he wants to do or what, what his agenda is. And I mean, you know, he's then affiliated with Soros and with the globalists and they're all collapsing. They're controlled, collapsing everything and trying to move into the next thing because they know full well that the system is not meant to keep going and maybe they're telling themselves that it's not meant to keep going because of global warming or it's not meant to keep going because of uh overpopulation or whatnot i mean the real reason it's not meant to keep going is is out of control debt and a, a system built on that debt a system built on usury i mean you're just making money out of nothing constantly and that's the that's the entire model is as a government being able to just print non-stop money so yeah, this is interesting that this is going on. But I mean, it's the article you were referencing, Adam. You know, we're kind of jumping a little all over the place. But yeah, the article you were referencing is is an older article, right? And I mean, that was um, it's touching on something that's been happening for a while, which is kind of keeping the narrative controlled and ultimately using the DNC. But you were saying also the RNC, the the Republicans, the the Democrats and the Republicans, but their national committees. So these are their their organized groups that basically determine policy, and they these are the the unelected people behind the scenes who are who are moving the the needle for for these parties. But uh, the DNC is certainly, I would say, while, while both are certainly a form of controlled opposition, you know, I, I mean, the DNC is seems to be the one most willing to jump. Therefore the one that they use more often more more money seems to be funneled there for from big tech or from the the uh you know the pharmaceutical industries and now at this point it seems like the military industrial complex as well i mean they are so stoked with biden sending people doing what he did with the withdrawal from afghanistan and boom right over to ukraine I mean, they were like so annoyed that Trump was just dropping bombs and not starting any new wars. That's that's no commander in chief, according to the military industrial complex. Yeah, you know, and, and I think people should also look at the, you know, the 2016 election and like, look, who got all the airtime? Trump. That's for a reason, because they were trying to push him uh, to the top. And they acted like, oh, you know, we don't want him. Uh, it's part of the charade. It's part of the circus. And uh, um you know, to think that, oh, this guy came out of nowhere and became president. Like, that just doesn't happen. Um, and there, there's a reason for everything. And um, it's just convenient that, you know, Biden won the last election and Trump still gets to hang around politics for an extra four years when he before he runs again. It's like, you know, it kind of keeps, you know, Trump in the loop. And it's just like, you know, it's like the perfect... Uh, perfect chaos theory story you know just keep keep the chaos going and that, that's what this is all about and um and then, you know with the money printing people don't even realize that the whole system is based on that fact uh i mean I, you know I, all you have to do is just look at the cost of goods in the past 30 years or even in the last century uh that's all from printing money that's not from growth you know i mean when prices go up it's not because of growth that's because you know, the money in the currency is being devalued, so the prices are going up. Um, the, the cost of goods and services go up when you print money. And, uh, you know, it's just a big facade. You know, that's why there's fucking so many billionaires now. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. And it all has to do with the dollar and money, and that's what everything comes down to. When people bring up these issues and they bring up, you know, 9-11 and covid and all this stuff and uh, people need to realize that like you can't have these types of wars because covid was technically a war you know if you think about it it's just a different type of war you can't have these wars 
without unlimited funding, without being able to just turn the money printer on and keep going. So they just keep, uh, you know, they, they just keep us in these uh, situations where we're, we're constantly having to spend and uh, while bankrupting the United States at the same time. And, you know, where do we go from here? You know, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's unfortunate and that's just the way politics is. And I, the whole point of all this is just like, we don't have a choice. You know, this is all being picked for us, the, the, the people that are running and all that stuff. It's not, it's not like, you know, we can, we, we have a voice in this, um, you know, and yeah, it, Trump made it seem like, oh, this will, you know, the fun, what I don't understand about Trump is he, before 2016, when he was running, before the, you know, he won, he was saying it was rigged. And then when he lost in 2020, he said it was rigged because he lost. And now he's running again, even though he's claiming that it was rigged. Why would somebody run so many times thinking in a rigged system? It's like going to a casino. Well, let me ask you this. Not well, not not fully though, because I'm sure you have played. Let's let's talk about like a pickup basketball game, for instance. I mean, you've played games that may have been rigged against you, like five on one or five on two, like you being like on the the two person squad, and like you know full well that you are the underdog. I think. That's one of the the false binaries of of the Trump phenomenon is that it's he it's one or the other, right? He's either he's either uh, in on it fully or he's not in on it fully. And I think that there's a gray area there. I think, and he knows that. And I think he and I think all these guys who are who are playing this higher level game are at that. Uh, they know that also. I don't know if that makes sense. Let me let me try to like unpack this just a little bit more. So I'm trying to say that like uh I don't think Trump fully knows that um how rigged the game is against him, but I think he still thinks he has the judo power to flip things around according to how he due to his strength of will, like his willpower, his his know-how of playing the game, right? Does that make sense? I think that he is he is he has faith in his ability to play the game. Even if the game is rigged. And I think that would be the same thing with keeping with the analogy of the, of the basketball game. I'd be willing to play a game against five guys, be willing to play a game against 10 guys. You know, if I felt like there was a chance of me winning, you know, if I felt like my skill could like do that. So uh, that's what I think maybe is, is going on with that is in terms of why he would still, participate but i think now we we're a little more blackpilled than trump is at least at this at least at the the, the superficial level maybe he knows he, i'm sure he knows a lot more than he's letting on but according to the sort of naive trump you know where he's like i could i'll win with my brute strength that's that's the presentation that's being given off and uh perhaps we're just more cynical perhaps we're just like oh well it's too rigged there's no way you know, there's no way you could beat that. It's you against all of it. And the illusion, perhaps, or or what we're being presented with and why a lot of people follow Donald Trump and really and believe in him, and also why a lot of people hate him, is because he stands up to that. You know, he's he's the guy who is supposedly standing up to that, right? I mean, you see that. Do you see that when you see him in the media? Do you do you see that sort of archetype that he's fulfilling the the guy who's standing up to the system. Well, I think that he's an actor, you know. So that's, uh, I mean, but you I'm, still see it, even if, even though it's an act, or you're calling it an act. Whether you know, it, it definitely is an act. I think there is something, a presentation here, right? And you said it yourself. You were like, "Oh, he's." It's it's interesting how, uh, how much coverage was given to him, right? And it's like, well, yeah, they are they're putting the airtime there they know that people are watching their channel so they're the, they are the trump channel even though it's negative coverage they're still the trump channel i'm talking like cnn uh the other ones msnbc all those yeah well you know it's, they always say negative publicity is publicity right um and that just go that just like i said yeah, it goes to show you that i mean i don't i, I don't really know obviously what what's going on behind the scenes it's just um i i just kind of think that um it's kind of like the illusion of democracy when 
you know, we go through this process, um, you know, on a local level, I can understand. But when it comes to like macro politics and voting for the president, it's, uh, um, you know, because you look at our past presidents. I mean, they're just not very good people. You know what I mean? They're not people, good representations of America. I mean, um, and it's uh, and the reason why they're there is because, I mean, I personally feel that they have, you know, people have some sort of uh blackmail on me on them you know and because they, they've done things that, that you know that maybe that are on record or been recorded and that's how they operate and uh that's and that's how these people get into these positions of power is because they're basically compromised to some degree and you know i mean I, it's not definite but that's just my take on it um uh, how many you know, honest politicians in the past 30 years have we really seen. And it's just like, you know, George Bush Sr., freaking CIA, goon, you know, uh, freaking um, Bill Clinton. You know, he worked with, the, uh, you know, he was governor of Arkansas during uh, the time when they were importing cocaine in the Contras in the Iran-Cantra uh, Iran situation. And he was the governor of Arkansas where Air America, which was the CIA, was running their um their operation to into um into arkansas uh Mena, arkansas was the uh was the place that they they used to ship the cocaine to uh through the cia air america um george bush george bush jr you know another goon you know uh supposedly that they put him in a coffin and had him jerk off in front of everybody and they recorded it and his dad was there i mean that's yeah. just, you know i mean that's I'm, I'm just not i'm not saying that as a fact i'm just saying that's the information that's out there you know and then Obama's father, stepfather, um, was affiliated with the CIA. Um, Lolo Socorro, um, you know, he was running the Indonesian uh, military camps in Indonesia, so he had CIA affiliations. And uh, you know, Trump, you know, he's you know tied to you know somebody, you know, and uh, that's just you know I'm just explaining the way I'm I think about it. Like all these goons are being put into these positions of power just because of the shit that they have done you know and, and they're you know, all intelligent goons so that's another thing we have to think like intelligence what does that mean you know i mean that's in uh we're, we're talking like surveying we're talking like communications we're talking understanding behaviors manipulating behaviors so all these guys who are in that field are all going into these further positions of power and, and entering into these positions that very well allow for psyops to happen, like the perfect opportunity for an intelligence goon to use these positions for like massive psyops. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the point. Um, I, I think that it's not even sometimes the, the president who's, you know, he's surrounded by, I mean, look at Bush, he was surrounded by Cheney and all these like literal I mean, they don't get more goony than the people that Bush surrounded himself with. I mean, Paul Wolfowitz, uh, Cheney, Rumsfeld, you know, I mean, they're, they're the freaking leader of the goon squad. And uh, so, you know, here you have it, like, all the, and they, they all knew George Sr., you know, and, and they all have those type of uh, affiliations. And um, I, I think that people just need to realize that there's a shadow government operating in uh, behind the scenes, really running things. And, uh, you know, Trump calls it the deep state, whatever you want to call it. Um, because obviously, I mean, just look at Biden. He's not running anything. I mean, he's just, um, he, there's no explaining how far gone this guy is. And, you know, you think that he's really running things. It's BlackRock. It's Vanguard. It's these, you know, these people, you know, they destroy Ukraine and back Black, BlackRock wants to rebuild it. It's like, it's all about money and it's all about, you know, just stealing the wealth from the American people. And that's is what it comes down to at the end of the day. And, uh, and that's what these presidents have been doing. Uh, Reagan was no better. Reagan freaking increased the debt phenomenally when he was president. You know, like, oh, Reagan politics, trickle down politics. It's like, you know, you give the wealthy people money and then I'll trickle down to the peasants. It's like, it's so ridiculous. And uh, so, you know, that, that's my take on it. I, I just think that it's all being manipulated. And, uh, you know, for a big show, bread in the circus, as we talk about.
That Brennan Circus is going on right now. I, it's what I was mentioning a little earlier. Laura Loomer is, she actually was a, uh, a journalist with Project Veritas for a bit. And that's who I was mentioning earlier is on, is down in DC at this, uh, this event being put on by uh, the CEIR, which that is, is an acronym for the Center for Election Innovation and Research. So this is one of those, uh, you know, special interest groups, hive mind of uh, special interests trying to focus on doing a certain something. And so they're they're gathering in D.C. right now with the um, at the Summit on American Democracy is what they're calling this conference. And ultimately, this is from their website there. It's presented by the Center for Election Innovation and Research. Uh, it's taking place on May 8th through 9th at the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. And this is uh, featuring panel sessions and discussions. The summit will be a forum for citizens across the political spectrum, election officials, experts, and members of the media to discuss pressing issues and share actionable ideas to further strengthen our democracy in a bipartisan and nonpartisan way. Well, you... you Rest assured, that's uh, not the truth. If you want to know the sort of speakers who are appearing here, we have all sorts of people, all sorts of uh, representatives of uh, government reps from different states. We have Secretary of States from Rhode Island, from Maine, Michigan, but we also have former NPR journalists. We also have journalists from the Washington Post. We have Chief Washington Correspondents from CBS News and author of The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie, and so on and so on. So this this so-called nonpartisan, uh, non-political event. We also have CNN here. We have uh, The Bulwark. Again, it goes, it goes on and on. But uh, we do not, it doesn't appear to be such a nonpartisan event events and very interestingly focused on uh on the upcoming elections and a lot of people who are present are also people who are uh are representatives of states where things were a little a uh, little conflicted so very interesting that's going on right now um you know that's that sort of circus that's well that's the stuff that's going on more behind the scenes i mean the circus is i don't think this is really being covered too much and uh, that's that's the media for you, you know. They, I think the the Trump circus is is front and center. But anyway, guys, I think we're gonna go to a quick break. You're listening to the Optimal State podcast. Uh, we're gonna play. I think we'll play a little jam that Adam and I did not too long ago, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the other side of that.
What's up, everybody? This is Adam from the Alchemist State Podcast. Uh, <clears throat> so in the second half of the show, we're going to get into a little bit about uh, authenticity in this today's world. Um, you know, whether it's entertainment, sports, politics, um, is what we are seeing truly authentic. And and we, we can even bring it back to ourselves, too, you know, because uh, I think that Jared and I both pride ourselves on trying to be uh, the most authentic person that we could possibly be. Um, and what does it mean to be authentic? I, I think that uh, people should ask themselves that question on a daily basis because I think that the world is constantly pushing you to be a different person than you are. Um, and that's why you see all that crap on television, whether it's, you know, it, it, it's programming. So it's meant to mold your mind about what you think you should be. And, it, you know, whether it's magazines, entertainment, sports, I mean, we all we all kind of like look up to not the wrong people, but we we don't idealize. Um, well, the masses don't idealize, you know, uh, um, the, the some of the smartest people in the world. I mean, they they do, but not not the masses. And uh, you know, ma- the masses pretty much uh, look to I don't know, uh, you know, entertainment entertainers and actors and all these people who are you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, acting is a great, um, a great field, and it's a great um, way to uh, um, be artistic. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's all so driven by money that none of it is really authentic. And uh, and Jared and I were talking about it earlier. Like, what does it mean to be an authentic musician? And uh, even when playing music. Uh, you know, you, you try to make something, and when you're writing music, you want to write something that means something. And you see it so many times where uh, musicians they they lose the whole uh, ability to really connect with themselves, so they just put out garbage, and uh, just to keep the money machine going. And you know, that's kind of the state that we're in right now. Um, it, it's hard for young people to maintain. Some sort uh, to maintain their authenticity uh, or the individuality, I should say, because uh, I think they they those two things are very cohesive. You know, and, um, you can't really have individual individuality without being authentic, and um, and it, it's all like hive mind now. You know, they want everybody thinking alike. They don't want you to uh, kind of you know. It, be on the other side of anything. They they just want you to just toe the line, and I and I hope this podcast kind of opens people's eyes to, um, to that. You know that that going with the crowd is not the way. Uh, you know the promoting what you see on CNN, whether it's Black Lives Matter protests or you know mask wearing and virus this and you know bomb this country. This is good for us. Stuff. It's all fucking shit. It's all nonsense. Um, you know, you don't want to, if you, if you are, uh, projecting something that CNN has told you, you are, you might want to rethink about what you are putting out there because that is just, you know, total mind manipulation. And you're being manipulated 24 seven through the phones, the apps, the TV shows, entertainment, sports. So, uh, and I would ask you, Jared, in, in your view, what does it mean to be authentic? I, I, you're want to focus on the truth, right? And I mean, that's that's really ultimately it at the end of the day. To be authentic is to focus on the truth. I do think, though, it creates an interesting predicament, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people listening, and you and I, we've we found ourselves in from time to time, is that if we feel a certain way, but the group doesn't think that way, you know, what we call the hive mind, what we call uh, just the hive itself, oftentimes the the truth can be at odds with what the hive mind wants, what they think, and uh, where oftentimes like what you could, if you're on the outside of, of what the group wants, even if you're looking at the, tr- even if you're trying to move towards the truth, you're still a pariah. You're still an outsider. Basically, you're you're deviating from the norms of society by seeking out the truth in that situation. And that happens a lot. So it's hard, I think. And in an ideal situation, it's 
it's great to stick to the truth always and to be working towards that. But there have been times in my life where it has been hard, where I've been presented opportunities where I felt that the truth could be secondary. And that's unfortunate. And it goes back to the conversation we had in the last podcast about that musician who had, who felt he would get so much scrutiny from his peers or from this, these gatekeepers that he couldn't possibly entertain conversations that were outside of his comfort zone. And it's, it's interesting because that's, I, I mean, you could listen to the podcast. I thought it was, we, we hit on a lot of great points, but one of the big takeaways, I think if you listen to it is that, you know, I, I certainly felt a certain way about that. And I think I felt that way because that musician and that band is supposed to represent through what they're doing. I, and I, I think they would even say this, they're trying to be edgy. They're trying to be countercultural, but they're, just not they're literally not doing that so it's all a facade and that's a lack of authenticity right there and i'm really stoked for the next episode because i actually our first interview is going to be coming out and i'm really stoked for it it's with a uh rapper producer skateboarder goes by skateboard t he's actually from the hudson valley area where i'm living right now skateboard t so that's going to be our next uh podcast episode but it dovetails nicely from this whole conversation about authenticity and about music, authenticity in music, about the rock star archetype, which doesn't exist anymore, which is dead because rock stars now are just seeking, they're seeking a, uh, a pre-made model. So the kids now, they don't have, and the culture itself, kids especially, because the kids within the culture are seeking the rebel. They are the ones who will then push the needle within the culture. But the rebel has to be more or less the Pied Piper that gets the kids' attention. So, yeah, Skateboard T, we, he's, he's going to be on the next episode. Really great interview. We talk about authenticity. And what's really wild is he's in the rap world and he has no problem coming on uh, the Optimal State podcast and talking about whatever. I mean, we didn't go too, too, too deep into anything. Um, you know, we talked more about his career than anything. And that was what I would have wanted to talk with the other guy too. You know, I wanted to promote his music. So that's just funny. It's like, you got a guy who's in uh, the rap world has no issue with talking to us who well, we're, we're touching on what, I mean, in this episode, we've touched on a little bit of everything already. So anyway, yeah, I look forward to that, but, uh, yeah, authenticity, man, you know, I think, I think too a lot of that comes out in in the dating game too. Um and guys don't realize that uh you're you need to be your you need to honestly be yourself because when you're trying to be someone you're not it's really uncomfortable. People usually pick up on that. So, I I think that also ties into that as well. It's good yeah, for everything. I, I, Just be authentic, right? Yeah, and uh, I I think that society's teaching people that you know you don't want to be yourself. You want to, um, you you know you you you're, you should desire to uh, be something greater than you are. And you know we all have those desires, but I think that we get into the comparison game of other people and what other people have, and you know, and I I think that kind of ruins. Um, people's mind states because there's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone faster. There's always going to be somebody that has more money than you. There's always going to be somebody that, you know, that can outdo you in, in anything. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm not fucking, you know, I'm not the world's greatest chess player. You know what I mean? I'm not the, I'm not, you know what I mean? I, but then I, let me I, ask you this. How do you, def so what I would see a, is problematic there is the comparison amongst people as opposed to what I would say is, and part of what the idea of this podcast is, at least to me, is identifying what the optimal nature is. So if you're if you're talking about chess, how would you, if you want to be a great chess player, I don't think you have to necessarily beat the greatest chess player in the world to be a great chess player. You need to understand the, the, the fundamentals of the game to such a degree that you 
understand the system of chess at a high level. And I I'm not going I'm not going to define that now because that's not necessarily the point of what I'm trying to say. Um, what I'm more trying to say is you need to define that, and I think that needs to be the the measure of which you become satisfied satisfied. And that does require comparison. I'm not saying that that is off the table. You need to actually compare your performance amongst the performance of others. But it's the performance. It's not others, right? It's not trying to say like, oh, that guy is the best. I'm chasing that guy. It's more about what did he do right? What did he do wrong? How do I measure up against that? What is what is it that he did that then goes into my style or what I'm doing? You start breaking it down as opposed to focusing on the the individual. You know, I think that was that that would be more my stance on uh, on breaking that down. Yeah, you just want to be the best version of yourself, and you know you should look to other people to better yourself, totally. not to not to compare yourself to you know when it comes to materialist things or whatever it is. Like you don't want to get in like that mind fuck. Where you're just, uh, you know, compare, comparing yourself in, in a unhealthy way to other success, because, uh, um, I I think that people get trapped, and it's kind of like that video I showed I uh, sent you earlier, where the guy said we're living in, in a world where it's like controlled loneliness, where they're trying to make people's consciousness prison, and because. You know, when people feel isolated, what happens? They have mental health issues. That's why they isolate prisoners. That's why they put them away for years in solitary confinement. It, it creates mental health issues. And I'm not saying they don't do it because people are dangerous. But what it does is, you know, it, you end up, you know, basically going crazy. And then what they're trying to do is they're trying to make people's consciousness their own prison by putting all this crap out there. And the... The more you see that, the more you can escape from that prison and, and live in the real world. And the, the real world to me isn't, you know, on your phone or on the television or, um, you know, you don't hear it on the radio. I mean, it's part of the world that we live in. But at the same time that like the world that I live in is just, you know, I, I just try to shrink my life because I notice that people that shrink their lives down uh, are, are happier. Because uh, we're taught that, in that we have to have all these things and materialist stuff and all and all that nonsense. And it's just like I know plenty of people that have a lot of money and they have so many problems. Um, and even if money's not one of them, it doesn't devoid them of having problems. They're just different than poor people's problems. So I think that the whole point is just to work on yourself so you can deal with the problems that you will come to. Uh, eventually, because we all run into issues and problems, but you want to deal with them in the correct way and, and in a way that is healthy. And when you grow, you can handle those things. But I, I think that sometimes, you know, ego gets in the way and uh, self gets in the way. And we put our, our own selfish desires um, ahead of the things that are the truth and are right. Um, you know, and it's funny because we live in a world where uh, the right thing changes depending on what suits the person. And, I, you know, I see it all the time, especially in dating. You know, so, you know, sometimes people comp um, compromise their, their morals or their beliefs to, you know, do something in a relationship that they shouldn't or, you know, uh, do something that they, that they think that they deserve and they're already committed or they're doing, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it happens all the time. And, um, and then we... As people, we make excuses for that behavior because we we want things and you know uh, we desire these things. But why do we desire them? You know, uh, why do you want to um, you know hook up somebody if you're already in a committed relationship? Why do you um, you know why are you on fucking Tinder and Bumble all the time, talking to all these people, and you know that to, to get nothing out of it at the end of the day besides maybe attention? Uh, I think that these are things that we have to ask ourselves, and you know I I think that. The best thing you can do is if you are going to do something that might not be the right thing or 
truthful, I think that sometimes just taking a step back and, and reevaluating yourself and reevaluating your decisions um, helps because um, our, our minds today are just quick to want that dopamine hit of like, of, uh, you know, I want this thing now, you know, and I deserve it. I'll fuck this person. And I think that as a society, we need to start putting um, our mindfulness ahead of um, the, the things that we would normally do that wouldn't be um, the right thing, you know? Yeah, I agree with just about everything you said. One thing I would push back on a little bit is I, I do think you said a little earlier was having uh, you like to keep things small. But I think you also said that guys who are richer may have more problems versus people who have less. But I well, think no, that no, I just said the problems hmm. change. That's what I'm saying. Problems I'm not change. I see. More, they, are, they don't have more problems. I'm just saying that it doesn't um, it be having money doesn't. Uh, necessarily get rid of your problems they just change you know what i mean but uh, you know we look at people with all this money and all this stuff as like oh they're so lucky and all this other stuff and we don't know what's going on you know and uh i I just think that i'm not saying don't chase wealth or don't try to not chase wealth but don't not try to you know make more money if you have the opportunity what i'm saying is don't put this thing in your head about like how you know the rich and famous live or how this person does this and they have all this. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think we should break, we should break that down a little bit though, because, you know, I think uh, you're right, but I think wealth is, is power. And I think that it's good for people who are seeking power for good to seek that power out in whatever way possible. And wealth is a great way to create change, to create positive change. Uh, I think, what you're identifying, though, is when people apply wealth to material goods, to liabilities, essentially, to things that lose value immediately after you buy them. You know, if, if you're taking a car off the lot, it loses, what, 10, 20 percent of the value the minute you drive it off the car lot. So these are depreciating. They're not even they're not assets. They're they're complete liabilities. So. That stuff I get. I get what you're saying. Like, don't look at the material signs of success because honestly, that just shows you that they just spent their money, that they have way less money to spend. There's only so much money out there. You know, you see people with things, that's less money that they have to use as power, as leverage. So that means that they have less leverage ultimately, whatever they have. I mean, it's still a mystery, I guess, whatever money they have in their pocket, but you could rest assured that they have less because they're driving it around. What most people should do is don't worry about that. Try to generate some sort of cash flow. Try to make it so that you're not putting hours in for money all the time, but that money is coming in in some fashion. Uh, that There's many ways to do that. I mean, the internet is, is a fantastic resource for all things related to that. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great opportunities to create cash flow in some capacity. Um, but yeah, that's, that should be the way to do it. And then moving towards wealth to, to create freedom, you know, and then that's, uh, I don't know. Cause I just think that that would be better in, in, in terms of, um, you know, what, what you were saying earlier, it just like not wanting that. Cause I get it. You don't want to like chase after wanting all those goods, like the mansions and the, the crib stuff. That's, that's so silly. Like the, 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 the hip hop bling stuff. Like that's like ridiculous. What you want, the, the, the true millionaire is going to be showing up in like a sweater or like a t-shirt, you know, and just be like his wealth is his money is making money for him. It's, it's in land. It's in, it's in companies. It's in other things that are just generating income, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I was more saying, you know, I was saying that, like, you know, you don't want to get into the idolization problem. And, yeah, because we live in a world of just full of idolizations and, and people idolizing uh, people for just being, just for having money. But, like, yeah, you have to look at the person behind the money and de- decide if that's somebody you want to idolize. There's like, this is, does this person represent my belief system and everything that I want to be? Uh, those are the people that you want to look up to, you know? Uh, 
And even even as kids, you know, like we looked up to, you know, heroin addicts, basically, you know, right. the junkies that play music. You know what I mean? Like, um, granted, we like them for their talent, and we probably, as kids, we we really wanted to, uh, you know, have that type of lifestyle because it was like the type that was projected at us. But it wasn't a, it wasn't really healthy, you know. Uh, I think that the health. Not all of it. I'm not saying none of it was healthy because the healthy aspect is we became musicians and songwriters from it. You know what I mean? That's the takeaway. But all the other crap, um, you know, that's just all materialistic crap that um, is being fed to us by the system. And, um, you know, and I just think that rather than idolizing these, the rich and the famous and the people and everything that you don't have and the people that have more than you, I just think that, you know, if you keep things small, I'm not saying your income, you, you don't want to keep your income small, but you want to keep, you know, you want to keep, um, you know, your, your thought process small when it comes to um, what you want, because the, the more you have, the more you're going to end up, uh, you know, the, the more you're going to end up, um, you're, you're going to end up in a, in a, in a position where, uh, you know, you might be over over leveraged one day. And that happens to so many people where, you know, they, they just, everything keeps growing and then, you know, every you're over leveraged and you kind of get screwed. And that's kind of like the housing market in 2008, you know, everybody's over leveraged and, uh, you know, and the, everything just crashed. So I, I just think that, you know, keeping things small and, uh, and even on like a daily basis, you know, um, you know, just think about what you can do today in order to accomplish your goal. And just keep it simple that way. Like, yeah, your mindset. And just work every day towards a certain goal that you want um, to accomplish. Yeah, and that goal should be, uh, it to, one of those goals should be to set yourself up to be financially free. And that this isn't a plug for anything. Because usually that sounds like it's a plug into some sort of self-help course. But, uh, you know, financial freedom is just not trading your hours for dollars. Or, or you know, soon to be whatever uh, global dollar cbdc there they're gonna churn out but uh yeah you want to try to set it up so that you're financially free and that right you're not bogged down by your by your material goods your your assets or or whatnot you know i guess liabilities assets would be generating income ideally for you but uh that and that's the sort of stuff you do want to when you can save and you could get your um you could have some money to invest you know to get it in something that is going to be creating that money for you. So property, stocks, crypto. Um, anyway, dude, Adam, great conversation as always. One thing I will say about the, um, the going back to the artistry, actor, musician, authenticity discussion is that the, the focus on fame is largely what gets people very distracted. I mean, I could attest to that. You know, and I, I think that comes with there's a, there's a lot of power in fame because that's where people's attention is focused. Just as wealth is power or money is power, so too is fame. And that's that was wielded very effectively for a very long time by Hollywood and the media. They had people's attention directly where they wanted at all times, but the internet and YouTube and social media it's largely changed the landscape. So, well, it looks like we lost Adam, but uh, that's unfortunate. I will be sending you all off tonight on my own. Thank you so much for tuning into the Optimal State Podcast. Check us out on Twitter if you'd like, at Optimal State. At Optimal State. There you go. Uh, we are also on Instagram, at Optimal State Pod. Uh, did I say at Optimal State? I meant at, at Optimal State Pod on Twitter. And uh, what else? Hey, if you guys are liking what you listen to, feel free to uh, help the show in any way you can. Check us out over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Optimal State Pod. And uh, next episode, we will be interviewing Skateboard T. Very much looking forward to it. Hudson Valley rapper, skateboarder, producer, Great guy. We talk about authenticity. We talk about 
musicians. We talk about uh, his influences, what's coming down the pipeline, and uh, really a great interview. Awesome guy. Looking forward to that. Hey, guys, thanks again for tuning into the Optimal State Podcast. We will see you again soon. See you later.